Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. back to Raising Daughters podcast. Dr. Tim Jordan here with a new episode. And this episode today is for high school seniors who are about to graduate. It's springtime. Graduation is just around the corner. So I will allow parents to listen into this podcast. But I really want you to listen to this one with your son or daughter um, who is graduating from high school very soon. And hopefully the, the, uh, the advice I give to them will also help parents understand how they can best support their son or daughter at this transitional time in their life. Let me start with a quote. It's an old Maori proverb. It says, Turn your face to the sun, and the shallow the shadows fall behind you. Turn your face to the sun, and the shadows fall behind you. I was thinking about how graduates are looking forward a lot to what may, may come in the fall. It might be college, it might be some other kind of training, or it might be the, the military, but whatever it is, it's a new leg of their journey. And so they are turning their faces towards that part, but there's also some things they might need to clean up behind them from their past. So these, these 10 pieces of advice I'm going to give to high school graduates, I hope um, hit home for them. Let's start with number one. Number one is take stock of what you've learned so far. What have you learned about yourself with 18 years of academics, uh, your social life, relationships you may have had, dating relationships? I think it'd be so helpful for every high school graduate this spring to take some quiet time to think and reflect and maybe do some journaling about what have I learned about myself along the way? What have I learned about what are my strengths? What are my interests? What are my aptitudes? What am I good at? What am I passionate about? What can I not, not do? So before they, they leap forward into the new, in their new leg of their journey, it'd be nice to look back first and get a sense of what have I learned about me up till this time. Number two, overcoming adversity. Every one of your daughters and sons has had some challenges whether they were friendship issues or academic issues and struggles, it may have been some family issues, some own, their own personal issues. There's a good quote from Confucius that says, to be wronged is nothing unless you continue to remember it. Another good quote by Edwin Lewis Cole, it says, you don't drown by falling into water, you drown by staying there. This is a good time in their life, not just to look back like I mentioned a minute ago, about their strengths and aptitudes. It's also a chance to go back and, and think about what have I learned to believe about myself because of what's happened? I work with girls in my counseling practice, my weekend retreats, my summer camps. I get a chance to hear their stories about struggles they've had with friends, with family, with parents, whatever. 
And all of them, because of those experiences, have gone inside their heads. They've asked themselves questions about, why is this happening to me? Why did my friends ditch me? Why doesn't my, my dad spend more time with me? Why, why, why? And they have answered those questions in their head all along the way, trying to make sense of it. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, unfortunately, many of them have decided on some negative reasons about why. There are a lot of girls who are carrying around some belief systems that says, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. There's something wrong with me. I'm awkward. I'm weird. I don't fit. People don't care about me. I'm not important. So for all of you grads listening to this podcast, I would suggest you start to get a sense of what have I started to believe about myself because of my life experiences. You may have acquired some some good, some positive beliefs about yourself, that you're capable and you're confident and you can do it. But you also may have acquired some negative ones like I just mentioned. And those are the ones you need to reframe before you move on to the next part of your life. You are always in charge of your story. You are not always in charge of what happens to you or what has happened to you. But you certainly can take some time right now to do some thinking, reflecting, journaling perhaps about what am I going to make of my life up till now? Maybe you decide because you were ditched by your friends back in sixth grade, or maybe you lost your friends, your friend group in, in your sophomore year of high school. You may have decided that you're not good enough or pretty enough or cool enough or awkward or whatever. But what you could decide is it wasn't about me. I'm not going to let it mean anything about me. I deserve to have good friends. I'm a good person. That's the kind of reframing I want you to do about all of, any, all of your negative beliefs that you've accumulated so far. First, you need some quiet time to become aware of those beliefs. And second, take some time to figure out what can I decide instead. Number three, create your own picture. I've talked to a lot of women in college who I, who I counsel and also some of my camp counselors who are in, in the college ages. And a lot of times they had this picture in their mind about what college was going to look like because they'd heard stories about, about how great the parties were, it's the best time of your life, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of them went to college, and especially in that first semester, that first year, they were disappointed because that all those wild stories that they had made up in their mind didn't really come true, didn't come to fruition. So they were disappointed. College wasn't measuring up to that picture. So I would suggest that maybe you create your own picture about what you want. Set your own intentions this summer about what you want your year to look like. What do you want academically? What do you want as far as your learning? Not just about grades, but about interests, about maybe spending more time talking to professors, doing some extra reading. How about socially? What do you want your social picture to look like as far as friendships, as far as finding a group? Where, where in your life would you like to grow? Stretch, get out of your comfort zone. Maybe try some new activities. I always encourage young adults going off to college or off into the world. That's a time in their life when they can reinvent themselves. Most of the people at your college don't know you. They don't know your reputation. So you can start fresh. Create your own new path, your own persona. Be more authentic as opposed to maybe what you've done up till now. Create your own picture and set your own intentions before you ever walk onto campus. Number four, learn to savor the moments better. I'm afraid a lot of you have grown up with this, these devices and with social media, which is not all bad. But one of the things that's learned, we've learned to do with it is that if we're bored, we go on to the next thing. 
if we're uncomfortable, we just switch to the next picture, to the next screen, to the next slide, to the next whatever. And we and I think a lot because of that, a lot of times we're not in the moments. We're thinking about what's next. What are other people doing? And we're not really in the present moment. Researcher Jeff Goins uh, coined a term called in-between moments. And I think in-between moments is, is kind of calls to us to slow down and let ourselves be present for those unsung moments of life. Those in-between moments that make up most of our life. Most of our life is not those big explosions of like high school graduation or prom. Most of it is, is smaller ones. And a lot of times we don't find much value in them because we're rushing through them impatiently waiting for something better or for the next experience. And I'm asking you, I'm encouraging you to learn before you go off onto the next part of your life, to learn to cultivate the mindful awareness, if you will, of these more subtle but fulfilling moments between the moments that really do compromise or comprise the vast majority of our existence. Savor these moments and the joy that they bring. Let me give you two quick examples from camp that just popped into my head. One of them was years ago, probably, oh gosh, 15, 20 years ago. I remember one night walking up the long two hill, hill walks up to the top, to the um, mess hall from the lake. It was uh, that we had been down there for the sunset and... And then we were all kind of walking up. And I was in the last small group. There was like me and, and another counselor and two or three campers. And we got up halfway and there's a little little resting point. So we we laid down on the ground and we were stargazing. It was a beautiful night, clear, no moon, bright stars. So we just sat there and just sort of told stories and shared with each other. And then I remember all of us, were, in order to uh, savor the moment, we said, let's pick a star that, that every time we see it for the rest of our lives, it'll remind us of this moment. So we picked one of the stars in the little bucket in the Big Dipper. And we said, anytime we look at the Big Dipper, we'll look at that star and we'll remember each other and this moment. That's savoring the moment, one of those in-between moments. One of my very favorite memories of camp, and I've had so many great memories of, from our summer camps for 31 years this summer. One of my favorite ones was going down to the dock one night with a small group of kids. Those are some of my favorite moments. A couple staff, maybe four or five uh, high school girls. I remember we sat down on the dock and we were watching the sunset. And the sunset at this camp sets right over the water. It was a beautiful sunset and we were just talking about things. They were asking me questions about my prior life, about my dating life, about how I met my wife Anne. And I remember... Everybody telling stories and talking and laughing and just being totally present. We weren't worried about what's going on up at camp. What are we missing? We were so present with each other. And those are those moments I want you to learn to savor when you go off to your new, uh, new part of your life, whether it's college or whatever. Savor the moments. Stop and take in the good feelings. That's the, per that's probably, that's the first part of learning to savor the moments is to stop and really take in how good it feels in that moment. The other part that helps to savor moments is to connect that present moment by bringing up a quick memory of another time where you felt similarly. And if you kind of relive briefly that other memory, those two memories kind of congeal together and then they feel even better than they did previously. Learn to savor the moments. Number five. Manage and express your emotions. 
I've told you in some of these podcasts about some of the disheartening statistics about women in college and how how much anxiety and depression and and feelings of helplessness and being stressed out that, that they're experiencing. So I'm encouraging all of you as you enter campus to learn to cultivate quiet time. And by the way, I would encourage you to start that now. So you ha- you're in a habit of doing that this spring, this summer. When you get to college, I always encourage girls to find a quiet space on campus. It might be a, a separate room in their dorm. It might be a certain place in the library. It might be, it might be a, a chapel on campus. Find a quiet space where you can be alone to think. Maybe that's the place where you bring your journal. You do some artwork. You do it as a way to uh, write about your, your thoughts, your feelings, expressing emotions so they don't build up to overload. It helps to make decisions. Find a quiet, safe space to be where you can be with yourself. It's so important. And college is, is busy. There's people all over the place, which is awesome. And you need to find that safe, quiet, alone space as well. I have a dear friend who uh, got engaged her junior year in college. And it got to the point in the, in the spring where they'd already sent out the invitations. They had a date, all that stuff. And then she, she decided that it wasn't right. It didn't feel right. So she had the courage to call her parents and say, I know you've already spent some money, blah, blah, blah. And this doesn't feel right. I don't want to go through with this. And luckily her parents understood and they backed her up. I remember asking her, how did you figure that out? How did you know it wasn't right? And she said, I used to spend time in the evenings walking at nighttime, walking around campus. And just sometimes I was with people, sometimes I was alone. And when I was walking, that was the best way for me to think. I wonder how many of you do that. Sometimes when I ask girls, when I'm with girls at schools or in my camps, I'll ask them, do you have any regular ways you get quiet and alone? And oftentimes the answer they have is, oh yeah, I do that. And if I ask how, they'll say, well, I watch YouTube videos. That's not the same as my friend walking around campus at night. That's not the same as you sitting down quietly with a journal by yourself and doing some writing. So find that space, cultivate quiet time, start this spring and this summer so that when you get to school or the next part of your journey, you're used to doing it and you realize how valuable it is. Number six, surround yourself with healthy people. Duh, right? I know that's so obvious. And some of you may have had some negative experiences with friends in high school and middle school and grade school. So I've already encouraged you to reframe your beliefs about those, those experiences. I would suggest you have in your mind, what are, the, what are the qualities that you want in a really good friend? What kind of people are they? How do they treat you? How do they treat other people? Get really clear about that. And then when you walk onto campus, I'd have that list in mind. As you meet people in the dorms, in your classes, walking across campus, and observe people, notice their behavior, and try and find people who seem to match your list. If you take a little bit of time up front, ahead of time, to kind of get clear about that, it becomes easier to sort of search for people who you think uh, match your list of, this is the kind of friend that I want. Now, I always encourage people, especially if they're going off to college, that sometimes in that first month, those first months or the first semester, sometimes people are not at their best socially because they're anxious and they're nervous and they're feeling insecure. 
and they're scared because it's a new experience, all those things. So sometimes people don't act like their best selves. They may be extra quiet or extra loud. They may get wasted a lot. It, you may not see their true selves right at the beginning. But So I would be patient. But I think it's important, important who they surround themselves with, who you surround yourself with. Observe people for how well they match your list. And you can be friends with all kinds of people, but the people you hold close that you spend the most time with, I'd be picky about that. Number seven, there are lots of ways to get, quote unquote, there. I want all of you to learn to embrace uncertainty. If COVID has done nothing else for all of us, it's, it's caused us to have to learn to embrace uncertainty. I've done some past podcasts about my dot theory and about um, all the stresses I think a lot of you are under to have your whole life figured out. So I don't want to repeat all of that. But I want you to know, I think a lot of you, all of you have been conditioned to believe that you should have your whole life figured out right now um, about your college, your, your major, your career path. And I want to remind you that that's a bunch of hogwash. You don't need to know all of that right now. My dot theory uh, says that your job is just to be open to dots that cross your path. And dots are any experience that you feel drawn to. It might be a class at school. It might be an internship. It might be a new hobby, like rock climbing or a new club, a service work. It might be some traveling experience. It might be reading biographies. It might be sitting down having a cup of coffee with someone who's doing some kind of a cool thing that you kind of feel drawn to, like maybe I'd like to do that with my life. When those opportunities cross your path and for whatever reason you feel drawn to it, because it seems like fun, because you have an urge to do it, I would trust those urges and do it. Because that experience, that dot will then lead to another dot. And then that will lead to another dot. And just like those old connect the dot drawings, where at the beginning you had no idea what the final picture would be, over time enough dots would connect that a picture would start to emerge until at the end when you'd connected all the dots, you go, oh, now I see it's a Christmas tree or it's a clown or it's a whatever. You don't need to know the final picture. You just need to be open to experiences and trust that over time, months and years that those dots will connect for you and a picture of your life, your purpose, your your career path, your calling, that that will start to come your way and you'll figure it out and you don't need to, uh, to force it. Um, and remind yourselves too that there's not one path to get there. There's so much energy around you know, get good grades and go to four years at a top college and then go out and get a good job and make a lot of money. There's this whole thing you've been conditioned to believe. And I, there's lots of paths that people have gone to. And if you don't believe me, I always encourage young people your ages to interview every adult that you bump into and say, when you were my age, did you know you'd be doing what you're doing now? What was your path? How did you get there? And what you'll find is if you interview 10 people, you will get 10 stories people who took time off, people who changed majors. I, there's all kinds of ways to get there. So I don't want you to feel like you got to be like everybody else. There's times when people do need to take some time off or to switch majors or wherever it may be. It's okay. It's okay. Be open to dots. 
uh, follow your heart, uh, your path will unfold. Number eight, teach your parents how to support you. At this point in your life, high school grads, you, you now should know what's best for you more than anyone, even more than your parents. And if you're not quite sure about that, then you need to have some quiet time to start getting clear about what's right for me. I think sometimes teachers, parents, adults think that they, they know what's best for you, but that there's a transition where now you need to know. You need to be making your own choices for your reasons. That's the only way you're going to end up being happy and fulfilled. So you need to let your parents know, uh, this feels supportive, this feels annoying. This feels good, this feels like what I, that helps. it helps me, and this feels like you're micromanaging me. They won't know unless you tell them. And be specific. And it doesn't matter if you're the third kid. You're different. You're the first you. And so what you need from your parents and the other adults around you may be different. You've got to teach them how to support you all along the way. And that changes over time, and it's okay. Set some boundaries. Let them know. Number nine. Learn from each one of your mistakes. Learn from each of your failed relationships that may come up. I think a lot of people in your generation have come to believe, because we've conditioned you to believe, that if you make one quote-unquote mistake at your age, that your whole life will be derailed. Your whole life is screwed. And that's just not true. I met a very successful businessman several years ago who told me a great story. He went to the college he went to because it had a great business school. So he was in that business school early on. And uh, two times, or maybe three times, he failed business calculus. And after the third time, he was called into the office of the dean of the business school, who told him that he was no longer in the school of business. He was not welcome in the school of business. He obviously wasn't trying hard enough. He didn't have his act together. And this college professor told him that you're 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 no longer uh, able to be on our campus until you get your life together and grow up. Well, this devastated this guy because he really wanted uh, to major in business and blah, blah, blah. And so he went home, called his mom, and luckily, his mom said to him, fix it. She didn't call the dean. She didn't rescue him. She just said, figure it out. You can do it. He went back to that dean. He said, look, I, I don't want to take a year of school off. This is important to me. What do I need to do? And so the dean said to him, I'm not willing to let you into the business school. But if you can find another school on campus that'll take you, then then go for it. And so this guy did that. So he went around campus, and the only school who, who would accept him was a speech and communication school. And so he ended up majoring in speech. And in retrospect, looking back, he said, it was a great move because I learned some invaluable skills there you would not have gotten going strictly through the business route. I learned interviewing skills, interpersonal communication, learned how to debate, how to best articulate my ideas so other people could understand that. So that quote-unquote mistake ended up becoming a blessing. And that's how it works for almost every adult. And again, if you don't believe me, ask every adult you know, did you make mistakes? Did you change your major? Did you ever have any failures when you were starting out? And I guarantee you, Almost everybody will have, quote-unquote, made mistakes, and they would have failed. 
Because of those kinds of mistakes, people gain things that will help them define themselves more. You learn some new perspectives. You learn to develop more resilience and grit, uh, the ability to reach out for help. You might develop more empathy for other people who struggle. Um, you may become more aware of the need for close ties and supportive people, learning to look beyond yourself to the needs of other people. The intensity of your experiences from your past and in the future might lead to different kinds of career choices that you hadn't previously considered. Let me tell you a couple quick stories that might help uh, bring that to light. Bessie Blount Griffin used her childhood experiences to help other people. And she did not have an easy childhood because even though she was very bright and, and creative and resilient, she was scolded in school, she remembered, because she wrote with her left hand. That's what happened in the old days when I was going to school too. So she, her, they made her write with her right hand. But instead of getting mad, she not only learned to write with her right hand, she also taught herself to write with her feet and her teeth just to show them. And as, when she got into, into uh, late high school and into college, she realized she'd always wanted to do something where she could help people. So she studied nursing and then finally physical therapy in college. And when she got out, after World War II, she volunteered for the Red Cross to work with injured soldiers who came back from World War II. And she taught those soldiers who couldn't use their hands because of injuries how to write with their feet and their teeth, just like she had as a child. And this woman, Bessie Blount Griffin, worked as a therapist well into her 80s. Nice story, right? Interview adults, and you'll get lots of stories like that about how past experiences, past quote-unquote failures, adversities, helped them to find themselves and to create um, more clarity about what they wanted and what they were going to do with their lives. Um, another just quick story. I think I may have told this story a while back in, in a podcast, but it's worth, it's worth it to repeat it. There's a family that owned a farm, and they had a, a, a bull, and they chained this bull to a tree in their front yard uh, with an iron chain. And this bull would, would pace back and forth, and the chain was eventually wearing away the bark in the tree, even it embedded itself into the trunk of the tree. And over the years, it caused damage to that tree, but the tree continued to grow. At some point, the family sold the farm, and they took the bull away with them, but somehow they left the chain wrapped around that tree. And the tree continued to grow with the chain and the scar from it. Years later, this terrible fungus in the area attacked all the elm trees, but despite the devastation that the, that the chain tree had experienced, it didn't, it didn't uh, die from the disease. All the other trees died, the elm trees died, but not this one. So the people who owned the, the property at this point, they called the university and they had someone come out to examine the tree to figure out, wonder why this one survived. And the expert from the university concluded that the tree was immune to the fungus because of all the iron it had absorbed over the years from the chain. That's what failures, that's what mistakes can do for us. They can cause us to be smarter, stronger, and more resilient. Last but not least, number 10. And I want all of you grads listening to this to feel like you have a limitless future. Now, girls especially, I know in the last 10, 20 years, have been told that they can, quote-unquote, have it all. And I don't disagree with that, except that I want each and every one of you listening to this podcast, I want you to be the architects of what it means to have it all. 
there's a lot of pressure that having it all means a top job, being a CEO, making a lot of money. And some of you may decide to go into careers that don't make a lot of money or careers that your parents don't like. You may get flack from your friends, from teachers, professors, your parents, grandparents. I want you to be the architect of what it looks like for you to have the future that you want. Because if you have the autonomy to choose that, and you've taken the time to become aware of the dots in your life and where they've been leading you, and you become aware through your quiet time of your strengths and your aptitude and your passions and your interests, and you make choices based out of that about what your future is going to look like, that will guide you to have a life that feels successful and balanced because it's on your terms, not society's and not everybody else's. And only when you do that will you have a life that feels fulfilling and you'll have a sense of contentment. I do want you to have a limitless future, but I want you to be the one who defines what that looks like. Let me finish here with a quote from A.A. Milne, uh, the Winnie the Pooh writer. And it goes like this. If ever there is tomorrow when we're not together, there is something you must always remember. You are braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. But the most important thing is, even if we're apart, I'll always be with you. I hope each and every one of you, as you go forward in your lives, I hope you create connections of people who who can support you, accept you for who you are. I hope your family you, you remain close with. I hope they remain an influence in your life, even though it's your life. Because those connections are the things that, that make life worthwhile. Be in charge of your story. Be in charge of your vision of your future. Create your own vision for what you want. Um, surround yourself with really, really healthy people that really support you. Learn to have quiet time, alone time, where you can manage your emotions, think for yourself. Um, make sure that you have your own definition of what getting there means. Be, be okay with having a different path. Teach people how to support you, whether it's your friends, whether it's your parents. Teach them how to support you and be there for you. Um, and, and learn from each mistake and every failed relationship. And if you do all those kinds of things, these 10 things, I think that your future will be bright, fulfilling, and you'll find what you want. Thank you all. I hope that helps. Um, I'll have some of these things outlined in my show notes. Go to, just go to my website at www.drtimjordan.com um, for, those, for those show notes. Also, for those young adults who are interested, I wrote a book um, a year ago. I actually wrote it for people your age, people who were kind of like 16 to 25-ish. The book is called Letters from My Grandfather, Timeless Wisdom for a Life Worth Living. And so I had a bunch of suggestions in this book, some timeless wisdom, if you will. Like, for instance, one chapter is about the dot theory. That's one example. And I wrote it in, uh, in a frame of a girl your age, graduating from high school, whose grandfather passed away, and, and he left her a box of letters that she was supposed to open at, at um, defining moments of her life, like her high school graduation, her first day of college, when she turned 18, when she turned 21, when she graduates from college, uh, the, uh, the day of her marriage, etc. And so there's some good advice, I think, in there, kind of like the advice I just put in this podcast. So if you're interested, check out that book, Letters from My Grandfather, Timeless Wisdom for a Life Worth Living. I appreciate you listening to these podcasts. I love it when you pass them on. If you have some friends your age who you think this would be good for, 
pass it on to them. I will see you back here in a week. Thanks so much for stopping by. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.